All right, we are here today with Kemi. My name is Alexandria Ott. I'm the founder and CEO of Hustlecraft. And this season of our Hustle Chats, we're focusing on spirituality. And I was lucky enough to come across Kemi's incredible um, Instagram, which has a ton of followers. Um, and rightfully so. It's uh, quite the authentic storytelling. And I'm not ageist, but I find your words so incredible from somebody who is so much younger. Um, and I think younger people are really just diving into themselves more than any other generation. So thank you for being with us today. I'm excited to learn more about who you are and what you do. For sure. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. It's definitely an honor. Yay. Good, good. So how did you even start? You have like a really great following and maybe I'm just being like an old bat and I can't believe how many people follow you because it's, I mean, it's hard to do, right? So tell us a little bit more about like how this came about. Yes. Um, so the following is something that actually came out very organically. It was not something that I really expected, right. um, but I had begun my spiritual journey like I guess you could say the new age spiritual journey mm -hmm. um, in 2019, like 2019, 2020 or something like that. And through that experience, as I was opening up to new things and learning new things, I just started like talking about those things online. Um, I was really present with my healing work and I was like, basically expressing my truth mm -hmm. and it gained a lot of traction. And I think it was because a lot of people were like, wow, I relate to that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so we, I think like 2019, we started seeing a lot of like, um, we, started, so we started seeing like a rise in authenticity and people's desire for authentic connections, especially like on social media, you know? Yeah. We kind of, I mean, not saying we're completely switched from like aesthetic to like right. authenticity. Right. There's we still a little like bit, a good photo. Yeah. <laughs> like we still like a good photo. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just started to like basically preach what I know and it really it really like caught on really fast. Yeah. And it seems like people wanted to be on the journey with you. And so that's really, you know, it's so true. It's like, you see these followers that are, you know, really high for sort of just like thirst trap content. And then yeah. you see this other rise in authenticity, which I love that you just talked about because so much of hustle craft is like understanding both ourselves as humans and how we function and work and live and breathe and, and progress, but also like where's the money in it? Where's the business in it? Like, how do we balance all of this? So just the fact that like, you could still post an absolutely beautiful picture of yourself that maybe you took a day or two to even decide if that was the one you wanted. And you know how we all kind of like obsess yeah. over that. But at the same time, the content of what you're saying is so profound and so deep and, and it's, it's unveiling. It's not like, you're not going like fact in the way that I've read your stuff. It's very much like, I am understanding this. I am unfolding this. This is blossoming within me. And it's so, that's what's so intriguing to me about what you do is, you know, I love, you know, watching say like a doctor or like a psychologist that I follow. And they're kind of like saying like, this is family trauma fact. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, the journey of watching you is so incredible because I can watch you unfold and I can unfold with you. And that's an inviting kind of like approach that not everyone has. Yes, thank you. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that um, because w one time I was struggling to figure out like, where do I go next? Sometimes I struggle with that question. And my friend told me, they were like, well, you just have to keep 
being you, like as you are yourself, which is what I tell people as well, as you are, are yourself, other people will relate to that. And mm-hmm. it is like a journey unfolding. And it, it is like I walk with um, other people. It's as if like, as I grow and I share my moments, people are growing with me. And so it's not just my evolution. It's like, this is the evolution of many different people through sharing our stories, which is yes. so beautiful. It's very yes. beautiful. And I think that's why true authentic brands thrive you know and i'm not you know i'm not calling you a brand but in a sense you are you're sharing the story you're building classes like you're building a business and a brand but it's in a way that you know you're getting a devotion or devoted followers or clients etc whatever you want to call them because they're kind of all of the above as a result of that and so i mean that will take you places that you can only imagine in years to come because you could decide to go off and do something totally different and people will follow that and it may be some people break off and some people come but also new people will come because you're authentically sharing yourself and that's as common as that seems because we live in that world like for somebody older like myself like that's still very new you know like it's not that it's it's so incredible that people your age have pretty much been consuming media like this for their most of your lives right yeah it's wild to think about but it's definitely important yes open ourselves up to new things so I'm just so glad of this movement I don't know if it's a spiritual movement but I'm glad it's happening no, I think 2021, I, I have seven women in this series and um, gosh, it's just like, I, I, I feel so invigorated after I talk to each of them and each of them come from such a different niche, different age group, different part of the country. Um, but all of us sort of, you know, push ourselves through our spirit. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think we all agree. And everyone that I've spoken with is like in agreement that like 2021 is the year to like heal, uncover, pull apart, see, look, and like feel everything that's happened, whether it's over the last year with the pandemic or, um, the last four years with just the awful human being that was leading our country, or whether it's our country. I was just talking to a doctor earlier who's going to be on the series and she she had said this amazing thing that she said um, that uh, we as a country have childhood trauma and we need to deal with the shit that we've done. But I've never heard someone call it like the country's childhood trauma. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, I was like, it's a good way to think about it. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit about you, a few things, of course, um, that you graduated from ASU in 2020 and that you studied philosophy and religion. That's fascinating. Tell me more about that. Yes, I am so, I'm so, I'm like really excited about this because I'm so glad that I graduated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so. Congratulations. Thank you. I studied philosophy and religion um, pretty much my entire journey in college I at first was political science because I really wanted to be like um like a politician or whatever (laughs) but then I switched to philosophy and religion fairly early like still like first semester and I loved it it was because we were I thought like maybe learning about religion would be just like oh just learning about it but when you add in the philosophy you are now talking about not only religion, but like the validity of it, where it comes from, its history. Like you're really diving into the true meanings and the essences of like what each religion is. And it wasn't just religion, it was philosophy, religion and society. So like within that 
um, realm, I also got to learn about religion and women and gender. And it was like all of these beautiful intersections coming to life. Um, and it was such a beautiful experience. It was very beautiful. And clearly that's informed so much of you tapping into your own like history and your ancestors. And I saw that with your spiritual advisement program that you're doing that you offer two different sort of like avenues. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really incredible about you was um, that that you believe in the subscribing of traditions of your ancestors. And I wanna know more about like, did that come about from going to school and learning about these religions? Like talk to me about this transition of like tapping into like the African traditional religion and like how that was uncovered and how you're sort of like working that into your programs now. Yeah. So. It's, I feel like the story is, it's so wild. I think it's wild to me how everything kind of comes together. So yeah. I left my philosophy and religion major. I'm not like I graduated with philosophy and religion, but um, I left ASU still wanting more. Like at the end of my philosophy and religion major, I felt like I had missed a large part of African religion. Like I wanted to learn uh -huh. more about like African philosophy and stuff like that. And I didn't. Um, so that's what I was really on the search for. Um, which I didn't necessarily find, but it was kind of like, it felt as though when I was in college, I had set the intention that I wanted to. Um, and so I was also progressing with my spirituality. My spirituality really started to like soar when quarantine hit 2020. Um, and at that time I was still kind of new age spirituality. Um, but then I started feeling a strong calling towards um, finding my indigenous practice for the main reason being I started recognizing that there was a lot of appropriation within my own new age spirituality and new age spirituality in general. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> so where do I go now? You know, and so at first I was looking towards like hoodoo um, and root work, which is great in the diaspora. It's a great like form of African religion. Um, but while that is, I know it's in my roots for sure, like on my dad's side, um, I was like, there's something like more for me. It was more so the fact that when I was moving into this hoodoo space, it, there was a lot of information and it was kind of, it's very difficult in ATR in general to like find resources and to find your um, your group basically. Yeah. Um, but then I landed upon a really amazing um, traditional spiritualist and their name is Ahime, mm -hmm. um, Ahime Ora. I just, love them so much i landed upon them and they gave me a divination it was a divination like i've never had before it wasn't anything like tarot it was just different and i was like what is this and they started me basically on my journey last year with like working with my ancestors um and after that eventually i ended up going actually to um a babalawo um and baba helped me basically went to get um a specific divination with baba and after that, it was like, I just kept going for divination, kept going for divination. Between divinations, you learn a lot. So I'm still learning, still like taking classes and going to temple and stuff like that. But it, I, f I feel like it was yesterday, not gonna lie. It's really almost been a year, but um, it was just like, I, it was just like the universe really was just like, this is the direction. They just kept bringing me people where that were on that path. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it was cool. And I think, you know, if there's any resources that you have for people, you know, we, we can share it now or we can share it afterwards when we kind of start to promote this, because of course we're recording this and then we're going to be promoting it for the month of February and then kind of launching it in March. But I think there's so many people, even in my life that, you know, 
may want to know more about this and, and where did you even start? And, you know, I think the whole point of hustle craft is to present different people and then help people as well. Right. So hear the story, connect with the story and then have resources for like, you know, where do you go and what do you read and all these things. Yeah, very true. That's a good, that's a great question because it's, uh, like I said, very difficult to kind of like enter the societies. And yeah. Stuff. Um, so I do have a lot of open like posts and free stuff um, that outlines like here's step, step one, step two, step three oh, cool. um, that I can provide for you. It is on my Patreon. I also have like a op free open, whatever, I'm a YouTube video um, okay. of where to start step by step with stuff oh, like that. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it does. And I also in those um, resources, I list resources like specific people yeah. you can go to. Um, I also have like an open post about setting up an altar. I have a video on setting up an altar. That's like, that would, I would say those are like, that's the beginnings. There aren't many books um, because it's a oral tradition. A lot of ATRs, oral tradition in groups, which is why it's so important that we at least list resources of here's a Baba you can go to or an elder. I'm, you can call me an elder or your advisor or whatnot, right? And I can present you with the resource. You really have to capture one person first. (laughs) Then you grow the network. It's interesting. Well, and what I love too, is I think, and you and I have connected on this when we talked earlier is that, um, and I've said this in almost every single chat that I've had, um, is that, you know, when you feel called for becoming spiritual, or there's a spirit inside of you, you want to unfold, or you're just simply hurting, and you know that there's something more out there or better or whatever, with the Christian faith or the church, it's like one place, one guy, one book, which we both understand because we were both, you know, called ourselves and identified as Christian in past, um, in the past. I don't want to say in a past life because it's really yeah, so far, like beyond what is happening in my life today. Um, so with that, you know, I understand, I was just talking to my girlfriend, my best friend, Deborah on the phone. And she's like, why are you kind of like hating on the church lately? I've kind of been like hearing you like kind of bringing that up more. And I, you know, have a thousand reasons, but, um, but for one, I said, you know, what I just want people to know is that if you go there because fill in the blank, like, you know, there's a million reasons why people go to church, but for one that I was focusing on is like a loss of a loved one, right? And you just need community or you feel so lost and you go or addiction. That's like a big place that people go when they're like really struggling with their addiction and they're trying to get clean and they're like, hope, you know, whatever. And good for them for that. But what I think is so important to me and I kind of want to dive into with you is that like that sometimes if you go there first, I just want to make people aware that like that's the first of many places you can go to dive within and that the sort of like natural introduction in America to like the spirit is God in the church. And it's, it's not where you can, you don't have to go there and keep staying there and you shouldn't stay there. And if that's what feeds your soul for a little bit, I understand that and respect it. But my goal for this series is to really like rip things apart and know that God is everywhere. God is within you. Or maybe you think there's no God at all and that you are God and that's okay. And I was going through your post about like, white Christianity and hoodoo voodoo and the fucking comments and people were so upset and I'm sorry but I I love a truth uh be someone who says their truth and see people that like fuck people's perceptions up people were fucking livid and I was just living for it because I personally 
hadn't seen somebody call it like that in the way that you did. And I've been looking for this, like the, the root of this series was kind of that without going so far into it. And, and mm -hmm. it was going to be like light and, and, you know, it can be, or it can't be, it doesn't matter, but I want to talk more about how like that can be the first step. Cause I'm watching you and it's like, you found that because you are a spiritual being, right. And we all are, but then you started to dive deeper into like what worked for you and classes and learning. And it's like, now you found something that really resonates with you in a way that's so far beyond anything you expected. So I just went on a tangent, but I want to talk about like the <laughs> finding and reading and unveiling of more resources in order to find what works for you spiritually. Yeah, this is, I'm so glad you brought this up. I just, when we talk about like landing in Christianity, yes, that's where a lot of people land because of colonization. And we all know <laughs> that it's popular for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I guess that's where people end up. But I think that one thing that is popular in um, like, the Western religions, Abrahamic religions is this, they have a strong center on like, this is the right way. This mm. is the only way this is the, this is like, this existed before anything. Yeah. Um, and I, it's very, it has a very Eurocentric viewpoint. Like we are the center, this is it, this is the best thing. Right. And we know that because historically, obviously like there were missionaries and we all know the destruction that happened in the name of all these different religions right and so obviously that's what's that's what's backing christianity and a lot of these other abrahamic religions is like people um who fight so hard to be like this is right and i think that we need to recognize that there's a lot of right ways and i think that's the first step when when i was in christianity at least it was recognizing that like this really may not have been the start <laughs> like I... that's something that people cannot seem to fathom is that people can't seem to fathom that like christianity isn't the start like people can't really seem to understand that Christianity was not the beginning of time and that's really interesting um because it's it's not necessarily my opinion it's more like just a fact that there were religions before Christianity right and there were deities and gods and there was there was culture that a lot of Christianity takes from this yeah. It's just, I, that's like the first principle you have to understand. Like if you are a Christian, if you're practicing any Abrahamic religion, that's why I try to promote to people that like you can be Christian. You just have to know that there's facts to this. There's actual history to this, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times we try to use history and we try to use um, that thing when things were documented, right? We try to use that as um, to like just date. Yeah, and justify the practices. So we might be able to say, oh, there's a Bible with um, Christianity. And it's like, right. But you understand that a lot of these practices come from indigenous practices that were of oral tradition. Since they're oral tradition, we don't write them down, but they're still valid. And you have to recognize that a lot of the things that Christians do or Abrahamic religions do, even the black church does, is typically from like indigenous practices, right? And there's so much information on that. But I think the first thing you have to do when you land in these spaces is recognize that it really is not the beginning of time, that it's not you know, it's not a circle. You're not, we're, no, we're not in the West. We like to think we are the center of the universe. <laughs> and like, I get, like, I get, I'm, I live in America. Like I know what that feels like. I understand like why it happens, but we have to recognize that that's not true. We're not the center of the universe. Um, and so that was like the first, that, that would say, that was my first step. You have to question that part of like, this, this is the only right way. This is blah, blah, blah. Um, and then people have to really identify what they view God as for themselves, yeah. like truly, because yes, we have, we might have had um, 
you know, um, prophets that came down like Jesus and stuff like that. We might have had these people that came down, but God isn't necessarily like that person um, or God isn't necessarily like, isn't necessarily what we say God is like it, the collective being like, yeah, that's God. Like, yes, we have identified it, but what does God actually mean to you? You know? And is that, does that make sense in your mind? Are you comfortable with some of the things that they're telling you, you know, um, are you comfortable with them being like, you have to ask for forgiveness for your natural beings and states. And when you realize that like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, what really fits with you, you know, are you being shamed for things? Are you not, are you being accepted? Like, how do they view nature? How do we view life? How do we view living? Um, people have to think about those things and realize if these religions are really uplifting them, I guess, um, and actually catering to their existence and uplifting their existence, right? And I, I found personally that a lot of Abrahamic religions and traditions of that nature um, weren't necessarily as accepting of um, like identities and stuff like that, but more so like policing them. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much tied to that and control and controlling people. Like there's just so right. many layers. Right. We could go on a whole rabbit hole of the control. There's so many layers, right? But we have to recognize, I think if you can just simply recognize the truth of how these religions came to be, um, and you can recognize the harm that's been done, like with under their names and yeah. the reasons, right? The control and power. Then I think it's easier for people to step outside of it, or it's easier at least for people to identify their own God, yeah, um, and move elsewhere. And that's why I love history. I feel like, right. <laughs> like for me, I love learning. So like going, studying philosophy, studying religion. I was like, okay, so. I was always asking those questions, like what came before Christianity? Like what came before the structure? Um, what came before all of these white men came and sat down and were like, what Bible, like what books we put in the Bible? Like what happened before these conventions, right? Right. These are important questions to ask. And then even when you ask like of God, like a, one thing that we were constantly asking in class is like, well, what is God? Who is God, right? What does it mean to exist? What does it mean to not exist? Um, and what is the thing that exists like by itself on, alone what is the thing that never ends and was never born and then you're like i don't know like um Brain hurts <laughs> but we have to recognize that like all of these religions have stories of creation but like okay what was created before that <laughs> like what was it's like you have to ask those questions and then you start to realize that something must have existed for eternity and must keep existing and that energy that is existing, like that has to be what we want to label as God or the creation of everything. Like, and when you recognize that, you can kind of see that the labels that we put on God or the things that we say God does in certain religions, it doesn't necessarily make sense, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of like, for me, it's just a lot of critical thinking and asking yeah. questions. I understand it. I want to like dive into the idea of even critically thinking through this because then right. something that just popped into my head is like, do we have privilege because somehow either our parents or ourselves were able to support us going to school? Because I know so much of my critical thinking, so much of it came going to college. Yeah. I mean, my whole life changed going to college. I, I took um, communication studies and rhetoric and theory and oh. the idea of like how each word in an advertisement or a speech you know, could change an entire nation, even really looking into like, 
you know, what Hitler said and how just his words could make people come along with, and the, you know, it was like so fascinating, but it was such a privilege to be able to unpack, unlearn these things. And I just think like, when I think about the, the people that I know or see or see on TV storming the Capitol who, who clearly have never critically thought about, and I'm just guessing a lot of them say they're doing things in the name of God, and maybe that's me making assumptions, and maybe I shouldn't have just done that, but I just did. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just wonder, like, it's so interesting that, like, privilege can be flipped on its ass a little bit because it's, like, intellectual privilege is now something I'm so grateful for. And I think you can absolutely achieve achieve critical thinking without necessarily, you know, the college education. But I mean, God, is there, you can only go so far as either what your parents, you know, to the tools they gave you or the people that raised you or the friends around you or the books you read, most importantly. Um, but to even have the book in the home to pick up to read, you know, I think probably like the biggest, um, challenge that we're facing as it well not the biggest jesus christ there's so many a large challenge that we're facing as a country is sort of and that's why this has become so bipartisan and you know like in so many ways because and why we're so divided in so many ways is is a lot if you if you look at each little element of why we're divided i'm just thinking like but a lot of it has to do with people like you and me who have evaluated, kind of pulled apart, understood, critically thought through things, uh, looked at both sides, looked at fact, looked at history and, and taken that. And then those who just say, that's not true. It, you know, it's, it's what is that? It's very frustrating, but one thing I recognize as well as like, a lot of people's like identity and foundation is centered on the things that they've been taught and the things obviously that they've been raised on and yeah. religion being one of those things outside of religion all of these you know beliefs that are typically racist and yeah. you know all that we, people have been raised with like that's their core identity privilege is within some people's core identity right like yeah. it is you know um and so being asked being asked to like step outside of your privilege is basically to ask somebody to challenge their own identity and their foundation. And that brings a lot of fear. So, yeah. I mean, it's that fear of like losing self or fear of like everything, you know, kind of crumbling right. that people to not search outside of Christianity. Cause they're like, I know this to be right. I just know it. And it's yeah. like, but you, pre you present them with the facts yeah. and they're like, there's just no way I've seen it. Like I have Christian friends and yeah. they're like, Yes, I know. So, so you challenge their identity and it, it but yeah. sometimes I'm like wondering, like I'm exploring, like, yes, there, I, I know that privilege very well, but then I think like, is there also, and maybe not in such a, I don't know, maybe privilege isn't the right word, but like, in some ways I'm just wondering now, like listening to you and like what you learned and how you unfold so much of, you know, what's been given to you and you found your path and, and, and I have too, you know, I was like, a I was a Republican. I was a fucking Republican and a Christian and I loved God and I led Bible study in high school and people who didn't know me then cannot believe the words that are coming out of my <laughs> mouth right now. Um, and I felt very called to that. And 
And even when I was in college, I, I was a Republican and that comes from where I came from and I was privileged and my father had a small business and that's what we were taught, you know? And until I moved to Chicago, which is also, I'm lucky that I even was able to do that, right? That I was able to move to a city whose very core is based on social justice. You cannot walk the streets, the train, the bus without hearing a conversation about community change and social justice. That is what the city bleeds for. It is the most important thing. And I was, again, lucky enough to be able to unlearn everything that I have truly known up to that point after living in that city. And so I just wonder, like, as I look at the, the groups of people who are able to understand that something came before and that something will come after and there's a million ways in between and then the group that is so stagnant in their thought and are clinging on to this thing um i guess my hope is that more conversations like this can happen to open up people to understand that like having some of these little crystals next to you isn't gonna like take away from the fact that you can also love god you know, or take away from, you know, it's not the devil. And I know so many people that were like, I never read tarot. I never went to a psychic because we were Christian and that's how it was. And now I think like what I loved and what I was attracted to about your message was that like the incorporation of all things that work for you. There's so much, like, I don't think people recognize that there's so much more to life than what we're being presented. Mm -hmm. And I know that, like we said, it comes from, there's a lot of people who, in where I live, Los Angeles, there's a lot of people in certain areas who live here but have never been to the beach and the beach is right next door, right? And it's like, it's because some people literally do not have the, the options or the resources to get out of that place. And it's like that same thing with the mental you know, thought processes. Some people really cannot imagine moving. And then when I say, it's funny because I always talk about traveling. I love to travel, but it's like, you don't just travel physically, you travel spiritually and you know, mentally and stuff like that and emotionally. It's like some people can't really fathom doing that. Um, but if we have these conversations, then we can help people kind of see that there's more to life, which is why I love this. So I love talking about it because it's like, there's so much more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing we also have in common is that we're moms. And I think there is something, and, and you can talk about your experience. I'm sure it's different than mine, of course, but, um, I had to really look myself in the mirror when my mom asked, you know, and my mom's like a reborn, but she's not like down my throat at all whatsoever. Um, But she's like, are you going to baptize him? And I was like, absolutely not. I mean, there was just, it wasn't for me. I want him to choose his path when it comes to that. Um, And if he chooses to do that when he's older, then I'll be there for it. But um, there's something about becoming a mother and giving birth and seeing that giving of life that for me personally, and it sounds like with your timeline, probably just right around the same time as well for when you became a mother, when all these shifts were happening, that I had to look myself in the eye and deep, more deeply, deeply understand yourself because now you're becoming the educator of life to this small human. And before, you know, I feel I was a total party girl. So I could like run around and like get high and like do whatever and not give a fuck because I knew myself very well, but it wasn't like important to like get spiritual or, you know, I always loved God and I was always a person of spirit, but you become a mom, you, your whole being, you can't be fucked up all the time. You 
And when you're not fucked up all the time, then you have to kind of get to know yourself, right? <laughs> Gotta be, you have to be a good person to raise a good person. Yes. And it's not easy, like, it's not easy to no. do the healing work, like, and to be a better person. Like, I don't think people really, like, you're either on, I know people are either on two spectrums. They're either really working on themselves and really going through it, or they're really ignorant to it and, like, just have no idea. And they're like, I don't care. Like, you really go from, like, yes. <laughs> that spectrum. And, like, when you're on that spectrum of, like, healing and spiritual work, it's very difficult because you recognize all your wounds and you recognize those wounds can come from family and you're like, the trauma <laughs> generational yeah. trying to bring all that and then be a great person for your child is like it's kind of hard it's really hard it's so hard and people are always like what do you mean it's hard i'm like <laughs> it's hard. You, clearly anybody that says that clearly hasn't done it because i don't believe that anyone has ever had a child could ask such a question <laughs> it's hard and i never understood what my mom's meant by that when she yeah. You know, I, you really don't understand it. No. Yes. And it changes too over time, right? Like the person that I was when he was first born, I was a complete workaholic still. Yeah. And, you know, now that that's what I, I, I tread lightly on the idea that the pandemic has brought so much good because I know how much death has happened and how many, but I think overall we're all in agreement, and maybe I'm speaking for the entire nation or world on my own, but that it's, you know, brought light to some really beautiful things as well, um, or brought light to things that needed to be talked about and changed and addressed. Um, and for me with my son, it was working a lot less and getting to like really get to know him and then thus diving into my spirituality because, um, because why not, you know? And I think you said that you really started to dive into this even more so when when the pandemic hit. So tell me a little bit more about like being a mom and being spiritual and like how those things are kind of tied into each other for you. It's, he, he challenged, my son challenges me in so many ways, but he teaches me every day. Like, it's wild. I feel like, it feels like my son is like my greatest supporter, yeah. which is like, that's mind blowing, but I think that with being spiritual, um, I am big on like autonomy and my son learning what he wants to learn, but he naturally follows what I do. So he loves to like go to the mat and, you know, pray and like, he's very funny. Um, but he is just, I think being a mom while being spiritual is um, to really actively work on yourself every day. And I think that whether you like actively are spiritual and like have all these like tools and stuff or whether you're just trying to heal yourself and be better it's still very valid you know um mm -hmm. with my son I think um he teaches me a lot about like emotions which is odd <laughs> like you wouldn't have ex expected that I guess but I've learned that kids are very very loving mm -hmm. and um while they do have a lot of emotions they um love like regardless like they are very accepting and very understanding and my son is so understanding of me that it forces me to look at him and be very understanding of him and try to really know him yeah. so one thing I've learned like through my healing is that I grew up with my emotions and kind of my entire being not necessarily be, being accepted and often we do that to each other we kind of have these standards and these rules that everyone needs to follow and like our parents are trying to like mold us you know into a way which is like yeah like we're teaching our kids but I think one thing I'm trying to do with my spirituality is let my son show me who he is yeah. and for me to understand him like rather he's sensitive he's very sensitive um and 
I can react to emotion with like anxiety and just like, you know, like one thing that I read is like, when your kid does something scary or like that makes you afraid, right? You might like react really suddenly, like, what are you doing? You know, um, other times, like if you're, say somebody like your child has an emotion, um, you might react with that same emotion back, right? Very reactive. And so he has really taught me, not necessarily just taught me, but I'm working on with myself, like learning how to accept emotions in a way that I wasn't necessarily accepted. Um, like you said, I'm learning to like not work as much and pay more attention because I am a workaholic as well. <laughs> like my mom worked, um, I work really hard and I have to, my, my son's always like, come to my room. <laughs> like, and I have to go in there and be like, okay, I can chill for a second, you know? Yeah. Um, some of his toys I play with him, but like he, he draws out, he makes, basically makes me be mature. He makes me t get in touch with my inner child. Yeah. And it's so odd because we think of spirituality sometimes and we think of it as being some woo woo, like, ah, thing. But really it's just the advancement of your spirit. And I feel like kids have like those, some of the best spirits out there. Like, yeah. because they haven't been tainted yet, you know? Exactly. Real, imaginary, just mm -hmm. beautiful humanity. So I feel like as parents, it's our job to learn to accept that because we're so quick to um, like force kids into like reality. And I feel like the truth is like our reality is harsh, but theirs isn't. It's like, imagine if they grew up being accepted, they would take that energy into the world and be like, we can be good, we can be better. You know, we try so hard to be like, the world just isn't like that. Like, you just have to be serious. Yeah. Especially with time, right? Like, I'm always pushing like him eating dinner faster because my partner and I are done and we're just sitting there waiting. And so many times I think like, just let the motherfucker sit here and eat as long as he wants to. <laughs> like, I got shit to do. I got a reality. I got to put you in a bath and I need like my own time. Exactly. That's <laughs> the funny part. You, yeah, there's, it's such a different energy with like parents and child, but. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Accepting of their time and they're humans, you know? Yes. Yeah. You don't give them space to be human. Too. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't know how to be patient before, <laughs> you have to now. Yes. And, you know, you, we all have our days. My mom stayed last night and I just could watch myself reacting to him. So, and I could, you know, there's so this great thing about grandparents too, where like they already, you know, they had the fear that you were just talking about. They were the parent, they were reactionary, but then when they get to become a grandparent, it's like somehow that kind of like, I know the way my mom has all the patience in the world for him. And actually I kind of feel like a mean mama when yeah. I'm with my mom and my yeah. son, because I'm the one, don't do that. Put that down. Come on. I already told you that, 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 that. And I'm like, come on, you got to back me up. And she's like, I already did that. Like, I'm good. I'm patient here. And I'm like, you know, half of me wants her support and the other half is like you know at least he's lucky to have her because she's so patient and I'm not as patient as her that's you're literally speaking to the choir like that is my mom with my son and she's always my mom's always talking to me being like he's just having fun and I'm yes like, okay. <laughs> trying to control everything I'm like am I a helicopter yeah. I it was so cool I thought I was like I thought I was going to be the coolest mom and I'm so strict and I'm so like yeah you know, we want them to kind of mold to like what we want you know? yeah what we yeah. desire what makes us comfortable that's the hardest part 
That right. Is- and, and that's where spirituality can bring you back and clear your air. And like, that's why we have to do that work as moms, because we take on so much as women and as moms and as fill in the blank on the other roles that we carry. And as, you know, so many other things in the society and then to be able to we have to release them. Right. So I feel like spirituality is not just like a grounding, but also like an avenue for which we can and have to release all the things we take on on a daily basis, the things we consume and see on the internet, the things that we feel, you know, again, that the roles or identities that are placed on us, the true identities of who we are, that people aren't accepting, like, so yeah, I mean, as I'm saying this to you, I'm like, I need to go meditate like right now because I'm, I'm not a patient girl lately. <laughs> I get it. I'm the same way. Um, and I think that's what's more important about spirituality. When we're talking about getting people towards their spirit, a lot of it is constantly questioning like the physical and the material things that are taught to you, that are shown to you and really figuring out what makes your spirit actually comfortable versus what was just projected onto you. And then you kind of learn that like, literally everything was projected onto you <laughs> like a lot of time they get back to that happy inner child and what they believed and like yeah it's not easy but it is that's why we're lucky to be in socal with all the nature right i mean <laughs> is your mom in socal with you is she in la with you no she's not oh, i moved here i mean i have family here a lot of family and i was like born here but um no she's not oh it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's so awesome. nice having my mom. So I thought maybe you that you guys live in the same place. Maybe one day. Wish. Yeah, that's my goal. That's my goal. I want to yeah. like, okay, mom, in a year, I need you to retire. Yeah. Here, <laughs> take care of Ziwa. Hey, help me. Yes. yes. I moved, I lived in Chicago. I was a single mom. The, the father, I don't even like to say father, the man who got me pregnant. Um, he, after I was two months pregnant, like just stopped picking up the phone. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna do this on my own. And I was in Chicago pregnant and then a mom for a year and a half without my mom in the cold and the, in the unknown. And, and that's why I moved back to San Diego. So I know yeah. it's to not have your mama when you're raising your baby and it's tough. Yeah, it is definitely tough um, because I'm in the basically similar position. I did live with the father of my child for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah our situation is so odd because we're like kind of friends but like not really it's so odd but I do trust like in the universe that you know whatever is meant to come together and happen will but yeah I think there's definitely some extra layers added to it when you add on like being a single mom and like spirituality I have I sometimes you take a step back and you realize everything you're doing and you're like (laughs) yes I know we never really, I mean, that's again, another reason that I hope people watch this and like start to practice something. And I love that you said like some days it's this and it's practical and it's tools and other days, it's just like maybe a release of a thought that just keeps fucking badgering my head. You know, if I could just release one thought in a day, I'm like, I did good today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of grounding. Yeah. Trying to restructure your mind is not easy at all, but I think it's, it's such a, you have to like, not just your mind, but like restructuring how you approach relationships. Like spirituality takes work, like implementing change yeah. constantly. I think people think too, like you can just talk about it and it will come. No. It's practice. <laughs> it is a practice. That's why it's hard, right? That's why um, it's so difficult in, 
it's why we can also be really harsh on ourselves. Like one thing I'm learning is like trying to be gentle with myself because when you're so focused on all the things that you need to work on, it's easy to be like, this is a lot of shadow. This is a lot of work. You know, hard to, sometimes it's hard to see the good. And I think with spirituality, like, yes, there's beautiful things. We have to see the, the negative things as well, but we also have to recognize that like we're growing we're moving, you know, we're changing, which is as long as you're doing, I tell people, as long as you know that you're taking steps and trying, then like be compassionate with yourself. Like, yes, all you can do, right? Is try. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, but it's also like so refreshing to hear because I think that like that gentle nature is also what I think will get everyone through this year, you know, and and that we've had to be so critical of our country and I'm still very critical of our country, but you know, that obviously pours into being critical of relationships and ourself and things like what you just said. And I think this year, um, just because we, we just, you know, move the needle a little bit with the new president. Um, I want to like have people just give themselves some space and time to just like love on themselves. Cause I feel like we've all been like so tense Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much that still needs to change. But I think just giving us all a moment to say like, we've survived, we've survived, (laughs) we've survived, you know? Yes, that we're going to get through. Yeah. I mean, it's like good and bad. I know, I know there's still so much. I just talked to this, this doctor and she's like, you know, I hate when people say there's like a light at the end of the tunnel because she's like, because we're in the tunnel. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. This has been such a lovely conversation and, you know, your insight and your wisdom and and the lens for which you see the world, which I think is, is a lot of how things can shift in relationships and spirit and so many other things is just simply understanding and acknowledging that there is a lens that's been given to you that you can sort of move around pull out you know and really see in a different way and your particular lens has been such a beautiful one to share this time and your thoughts and people can find you on instagram where you're just really like journaling and and unraveling on a daily basis and it's so beautiful so I really appreciate who you are and I really appreciate your time that you got to share with us here. Thank you so much. This was such a cool conversation. Like it was exactly what I needed today. So thank you so much. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. We can't wait to share this with everyone and have you share it with your followers so we can just continue like opening the eyes of everyone around us and hoping that we can make a change and an impact. Definitely. All right. Have a beautiful day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.